I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. tell you that I used to work in a factory that recycled shoes? No. Yeah, I had to get out of there because it was crushing my soul. <laughs> what? Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm still trying to get it. Soul, like soul of <laughs> That's, I'm glad that got on the podcast. Because there's probably people that listen who are like, I don't get this joke at all. Hello! <laughs> We're so happy to be with you for episode five, right? Yes, yes. It is. This is so exciting. Um, so, Merry Christmas. It's Christmas time now. Um, if you're listening to this months later, well, Merry Christmas in whatever month you're in. Um, so, <laughs> let's get into our Joy Junk Jesus. Jenna, why don't you go first? Okay, Joy Junk and Jesus. So, my joy, um, so obviously with Christmas, I spent a lot of time with family. And I haven't seen my little cousins in um, practically a year. And so I was just having such a good time playing with them and hanging out with them. And then my um, younger cousin, she just kept running up to me and giving me so many hugs. And it just brought me so much joy because she just kept hugging me and then sitting there. And then she'd look at me and smile. And it was just the cutest thing. Um, so that was my joy. My junk is that... Uh, I don't have a longer break of <laughs> sleeping and sitting on my couch and watching Gossip Girl and things <laughs> that I shouldn't probably be watching, but it's fine. Um, and then my Jesus moment was I was at um, Christmas Eve Mass. And it was so incredibly packed. Um, and I remember sitting there and watching the priest lift up the, the host and feeling like I was the only person in the room. Mm. And then having a moment where I looked around and was like, whoa, there's a lot of people in here, <laughs> and it's only me and you, Jesus. Um, and it was just a really, really beautiful moment of oh. Mass. So those are mine. That's awesome. Um, my joy is also family. We got to see both sides of the family over the span of like four days um, for Christmas, so that was really wonderful. And we got to be back up in Arrowhead, where mm. my wife and I grew up, so that was really great. Um my junk is that I did something to my back, and it's better now, but I, like, couldn't stand very easily, like, the past few days. Like, I looked like a hunchback, um, or at least felt like one. Um, and my Jesus is um, just being back up at my old parish where I used to, where I grew up, received all my sacraments, but also where I used to serve in ministry, and just seeing, you know, the Spirit still moving and doing new things there. And there are like seven relics there now there's relics from all the seers from fatima and then like padre pio jude um john paul ii and i think mother Teresa. or i probably got that wrong but yeah it's like uh, becoming like a reliquary up there which is awesome so very holy place um so speaking of saints saints are good at something in particular that we're talking about today and that is discernment so this is a fancy Catholic word um, yes. that we use for basically like making a decision. And it's normally talked about in terms of like, what are you going to be for the rest of your life? Like, what's your primary vocation? What's your career? You know, your secondary vocation. Um, but we want to talk about it in those senses and also just in a general sense. Like, how do we discern well in daily life? Um, discernment 
the word, when you break it apart, uh, actually means to separate apart. Uh, and so it's basically the process of distinguishing between two or more options in any given decision. Uh, we make on average uh, 10,000 decisions or choices every single day. Uh, and so... Uh, that can help in that sense, but in a Catholic sense, this is often applied, as I said, to our vocation. And our vocation is our calling. That's where the root word vocare, uh, that's what that means. Um, and I love this quote, uh, your vocation, this is from Frederick Buchner, um, your vocation is the place where God calls you, or the place where God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And so wherever your passion can help something that the world is missing or lacking, you know, like that specific plan or purpose that God has for you. Discernment is a big part of that. Um, but it's more about what, what we're meant to discern in all those different vocations. Hmm. I love that quote because it, the world, um, the world's deep hunger meet. I just love the idea that we have just such a hunger and a desire to fulfill, um, the desire God has called us to or the calling that God has called us to. And in that calling and finding that calling, we have this hunger and we want to complete it um, even when we don't know what it is. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And I think we live in a very indecisive culture. Yes. Oh uh, especially like our generation is a very indecisive generation because a lot of the decisions we make, not like this wasn't present in the past, but it seems just very like hyper, I'm very hyper aware of it now. Um, that like a lot of the decisions we make carry like a lot of different risks. You know, like mm-hmm. what school you're going to go to, mm-hmm. that carries a lot of debt and a lot more debt than it used to. Um, and what career you're going to have carries a lot of implications for money and for, you know, housing. And, you know, when ho- now that housing is doing a little bit better or depending on what area you live in, it can be very like overwhelming yeah. um, in those smaller decisions of life or like less, you know, monumental ones than your primary vocation and then there's that you know we talked about this on the dating episode last time that kind of angst of wondering like am I going to get married when does that person come how am I going to find them and that discernment process about Mm -hmm. you know how to go about discerning your vocation and so there are primarily three things we're meant to discern Um, and that first one is your primary vocation so that's whether or not you're called to the single life the religious life or the married life and the religious life constitutes like the consecrated religious life, um, the and the priesthood. Um, <clears throat> so that's like our main our main calling. You know, like if I'm no matter what I'm doing in life, no matter what my career is, no matter what my daily tasks are, my number one priority is my marriage because that's my primary vocation. <clears throat> if you're a priest or a religious sister, you know, no matter what your apostolate is, what your daily tasks are, where you're assigned your number one priority every day is to be faithful to that vocation. Um, if you're a sing, if you're called to the single life, like your number one priority every day besides your responsibilities and things is to really be aware of how God is calling you to thrive and come to know yourself and come to know him in the single life. Um, and so that's our, why it's our primary vocation. It's most important. And it's basically discerning how we are meant to be in relationship with God for the rest of our lives. So for me and for you, Jenna, like mm-hmm. we're married and so we're meant to be in relationship with God in union with another person. Mm-hmm. And it's not like our relationship with him is dependent on that other person, but he's called us to unite with this other person so that we can draw near to Christ together for the rest of our lives on this earth. Right. Um, 
So that's different from other vocations. So that's like a capital V vocation, whereas our lowercase vocations are like our secondary vocation, which are things that we're called to in life other than our primary vocation. So like being faithful to our family, like our extended family, our friendships, especially like our careers, um, being a good citizen, being involved in the community, like our general responsibilities, whatever we've been given in life. And I think we forget about these pretty often because I think we're so often waiting for God to put that primary vocation in our lap that we forget like, wait, God called me to be born in Lake Arrowhead to my specific parents with Mm -hmm. my specific sister. And like, I have a role, a specific role in my family. And I had a specific role in the schools that I went to and the friendships that I had. And I have a specific role in my job now and in the place I live now, you know? So then thirdly, and finally is our universal vocation to holiness. And this applies to every single one of us. And this is part of that daily decision-making, that daily choice. Um, This is basically how we stay close to Jesus and pursue him first and foremost every single day. Uh, Pope Francis recently said, to be saints is not a privilege for the few, but a vocation for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so this is really like our call to sainthood, which is a call for all of us. How are we being faithful in discerning the decisions of daily life to seek Jesus Christ in everything that we do? Do you remember that? I don't know if it was two years ago or three years ago, but there was a priest at CYMC that was talking about how he was mentoring this woman, and he went over to um, make like a meal with her at her house or something. She had invited him over, and <laughs> she was standing in the kitchen, and he went to reach for a lemon, and she looked at him, and she said, Father, did you ask Jesus which lemon? <laughs> to use. I do remember. Do you remember that. this? Yeah. And she, he I think like, that's Father Bob Schreiner. Yes, I think so. <laughs> he went into how, like, it's okay. We don't have to discern every aspect of yes. our life. Like, Jesus yeah. doesn't care what lemon we use necessarily. Yes. Um, it's not a bad thing to ask him, you know, should I do this today? Should I do this today? But I think we can get a little too wrapped up in, does Jesus want me to take this step here or take this step here on yes. the street? Yeah. Um, or choose this lemon over this lemon (laughs) because it's going to make my meal better or worse or whatever. But I just remember that story and it just was so funny because we do, we sometimes, when we do want to discern and learn, um, what God's calling is for us, we get a little too wrapped up in it and a little too anxious about it and think that every single thing needs to be, um, brought to him, which it does in Mm -hmm. a good way, but it's not going to make or break his plan for us. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's part of that fine line of the discernment in the daily life is that it's about being called to sainthood. See, like, I really believe that God didn't, doesn't have a plan laid out for me in a book that says, like, on, what day is it? Wednesday, December (laughs) 27th. At 9 a.m., you know, Matt is going to go over to Jenna's parish and they're going to record in her office. Like, he knows that and he wants to be invited into the particular and the particular to be offered up to him in all the little daily decisions. But the plan that God has for you and for your life is for you to be close to him. Mm -hmm. That's his plan. Like, that's that center line from beginning to end, you to heaven, of your life. And we can be on that line or we can deviate from it. And every single choice that we make every single day either draws us closer to that line or further away from it. But I don't think that God has this like manual for each of our lives because then everything would be predestined. You know, we wouldn't have any free will. And so choice is very important and we can be faithful to God in so many different choices. And so I think it's important to think about God's plan in more of a broader sense that like the particular isn't as important as that fundamental notion 
that God wants you to be close to him, but he wants to be in the particular. He wants you to offer that to him, to invite him into it so that he can guide you in those different daily decisions that you make. But I don't think he's up there with like a checklist, like, Ooh, Matt, instead of going to frozen yogurt today, he had a salad. That means he's close to me following my plan. Good job. Turn the page. (laughs) You know, like that's not, that's not how God is. He knows all of that. He knows every option, every possible path that you could take, but he gives you the freedom to do that. And his one primary plan for you in life is to come back to him in heaven and that's the way we get there is to be holy and so discernment has everything to do with that and every choice that we make so how do we discern we need a plan and plan is a fun little acronym Um, so plan stands for prioritize look assess and now so number one prioritize we need to be able to be aware of every single day the priorities that we need to have in their proper order you know god needs to be first Um, and he needs to be our one priority. There's not such thing, like if you look at the word priorities, only one thing can be prior to everything else. Like there's one priority, you know, but we talk so much about our priorities, but God has to be our priority. And the other things are our responsibilities. And Father Mike Schmitz, he uses that analogy, but he also has these three steps to discernment where he talks about in order to be faithful um, and to discern well, you need to do three things every day. And that's pray, Stay in a state of grace or get back in a state of grace if you've sinned, get to confession, um, and be faithful to your daily tasks and responsibilities. Because it says if you do that, if you pray every day, you're constantly in conversation and relationship with God. If you're in a state of grace every day, that means that nothing is blocking you or an obstacle to you in that relationship. And if you're faithful to the daily tasks and responsibilities, you're being faithful in the small matters. And so it's like that story of the talents, like, uh, well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you have been faithful in small matters, I will give to you great responsibilities. Come share in your master's joy. It's that same type of idea that we need to be faithful in the small things. But we procrastinate, right? And I believe that procrastination is the anti-discernment. So if you're a procrastinator, it probably makes it difficult for you to calmly and without anxiety make decisions on a daily basis because it's more like, oh no, I left 30 things for the 10 minutes I have left today before this, 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 and this are due. What am I going to do? And discernment becomes just like panic, at like getting everything done. And so if we're faithful to those small things, we'll be, it'll be much easier to recognize our vocation when it comes. Um, this is like that idea of saying no for the greater yes. You know, like we, we live in a culture, this like FOMO culture, that's a fear of missing out. Um, social media is very prevalent. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm hip with the acronyms. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Um, I'm not. (laughs) Um, hashtag for reels with a Z. Um, so mind. Um, I just wrecked that completely. But every time we say no to something, like we get this panic, I feel that like, oh, I'm going to miss out or I can't go. If I don't go to this movie, if I don't hang out with these friends, if I don't do this, like I'm going to miss out on everything that's happening. But we forget that when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. You know, if people like invite me out um, on an evening or something like that, um, you know, I, if I say no to that, it's not like I'm going to miss out. I'm saying yes to being with my wife. I'm saying yes to being in relationship with her uh, and spending that time with her. Um, Pope Francis says humble prayer is the key to discernment. And humility is something that we need, you know, in those moments where um, we have to say no and being willing to, to offer that up. Um, Hosea chapter 14, verse 10, the very last verse of the book of Hosea says this, who is wise enough to understand these things? Who is intelligent enough to know them? Straight are the paths of the Lord. The just walk in them, but sinners stumble in them. 
And so I think this verse, like it came to mind for me at least, because discernment is about wisdom and it's about knowing that God knows best. And if we have him as our priority, he'll guide us through the rest. Um, and so being faithful to those obligations that we have on a daily basis. Um, if St. Gianna Mola says this, our concern must be to know God's will. We must enter that path. If God wants, then God wants, or if God wants, when God wants, how God wants. Let me say that again. Our concern must be to know God's will. We must enter the path. If God wants, when God wants, and how God wants. And that's St. Gianna. How do you see prioritizing be part of discernment, Jenna? There's a, I was just looking at um, retreats, and there's a retreat for our students that we're going to do that they, the first activity that they do is write down their priorities, and then they have to take two away, and um, till it comes down to their number one, you know, they just like start writing down, and they have to look at their day, and what their day is usually filled up with, and typically what they see is that they have left zero time in their day, in their priorities for our faith, and I see that in my own life that um, oftentimes when I, <laughs> I work at a church, I come to work and I have my priority list of things that need to get done, but my first priority should be to go to chapel and that's not the case. Mm. Um, even though it's, you know, a couple feet away from me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and that's the worst. It's, it's, it's really the worst, but we really do need to recognize that our priority as, um, God is number one. And that sounds so cliche and like a typical thing that we always say, like, God needs to be your number one. Mm-hmm. Like, if we really look at it, that's the most important thing, and that's the thing that we typically lose first. Yeah. And Satan's just really good at that. <laughs> yeah. And you see that all through the story of salvation history. Like, in Scripture, like, if people refuse to put God and his commands first, like, terrible things happen. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're so obsessed with, like, these particular things, they don't see this big picture, and they don't allow God to guide it and to be their faithfulness to him to kind of let their reliance on these daily tasks you know, not turn into worry or procrastination, but to just kind of let them be and let God guide them. And it often ends pretty badly. So, yeah. so that's P, prioritize. So L is look. Look has to do with once you have in your life, like your priorities in proper order, once you're doing all these different things, um, saying no for the greater yes, like making sure everything is in its proper order, you then look and see like, okay, if I'm trying to discern a big decision or a choice in life, what's available? You know, what could I pursue? Am I prepared for those things? Do I, you know, how do I know if I'm prepared? Who's experienced in these different choices or these different vocations or career paths that maybe I could ask or talk to to determine like whether or not I'm ready for this choice? Um, so it's about looking for the opportunities that are open or closed and looking to your gifts. You know, look to your talents, your passions, your charisms. What are the things that you're naturally gifted at? Um, Maybe you don't know what they are, but maybe you can find like an assessment online. Maybe you can talk to someone who's a spiritual director or someone who can kind of pick out maybe things that you are talented at that maybe you haven't unlocked. And those are kind of those stepping stones or those paths to how we look and see what might be available to us. Um, St. Catherine of Siena said, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. Uh, and so this is about looking inwardly, but also looking then outwardly at the decisions that are there, specific to also our charisms, like how the Holy Spirit has specifically manifested in each one of us. This is from the Catechism, paragraph 799. It says, Whether extraordinary or simple and humble, charisms are graces of the Holy Spirit, which directly or indirectly benefit the church, ordered as they are to her building up, to the good of men, and to the needs of the world. 
And so I once heard it said that like the difference between a talent and a charism is that uh, if you're doing a charism, you'll never be burnt out. Mm-hmm. Like you'll always, you know, be having this sense that like I'm giving something back to God. I'm guiding other people. I'm being enriched and fed by this. Um, and a gift, like maybe you're really, really good at, you know, math or music or something like that. But if you, you know, play music for 10 hours, you're just totally fried. Or if you are yeah. doing math all day, you're just like, oh my God, I want to punch a wall. Like, <laughs> just because you're good at it doesn't necessarily mean that that might be an opportunity that God is calling you to. So how do we look and see what are the opportunities that God has presented us? I think sometimes we look at our gifts, if we know them, and we're either a little ashamed of them or we're afraid to actually claim them and say, this is my gift, God has given it to me. Because we, we sometimes um, want to look humble and we don't want to look like we're throwing it in other people's faces. But God is, if God has gifted you with something, you need to claim it and you need to use it. Um, and I think there is that fine line of walking and being humble about your gift and actually genuinely using it for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a very fine line. Um, like with music, if you're really good at singing or playing uh, um a guitar or you know some kind of instrument um, sometimes we want to place ourselves in the limelight <laughs> rather than just glorifying God where we're at with the gift that we have with the people around us yeah um, or you're a really good speaker or I don't know you're really good at um, you're a good magician I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's for some reason that's the that's only thing all that I've ever wanted to be <laughs> in my mind but I don't know the, the things in and um, who said that it was a simple no, I already lost it. That's okay, whatever. But even if it's a simple gift, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be extraordinary. It doesn't have to be large. It doesn't have to be crazy. Oh, it was the catechism that said that. Um, but just using those things for yeah. the glory of God. Yeah. Um, St. Mother Teresa said, God has not called us to be successful. He's called us to be faithful. And so I think like there is that temptation, you know, especially in the secular world for like fame and glory and recognition. But even in the Catholic world, like there's this desire to be like Catholic famous Mm -hmm. among like people, Um, you know, to be known, to be uh, a great speaker, a great musician. Um, And and we have to realize like all all of this is for the glory of God. And I think like 100 percent of the people that I know that are really faithful in those different callings did not want to do them. Mm-hmm. Like they're terrified when they get on stage. They feel completely inadequate at their, you know, at the gifts that they've been given, but they do it because that's where they feel like God is is calling, calling them to them. be faithful. And uh, it's just a really um kind of telling um sign, you know, what what are your your motivations, you yeah. know, to really see if God is calling you. Um cuz God often calls us to places that were really stretched and uncomfortable and not something that's like, oh, this comes really natural to you and people are going to love you and and no one's ever going to really know me through it. So I'm going to call you to that. Like it's yeah. normally not not that type of a situation. So look and see what's available. What doors are open and really where do you feel God calling you? So that's prioritize, look, and the next two um are are shorter. The assess once you know those different choices or once one is presented to you, how do you assess um, kind of what is the right choice to make? And so Father Mike Schmitz has this great analogy of like four doors that you go through in any decision. Um, you know, is the door open or closed? So is the, the decision like, is it available for you to do this or not? Um, is it good or is it bad? Meaning as a faithful Catholic, would you be drawing closer to Jesus because of this decision or would it be risking you being in tempting situations or, or not being in a situation that glorifies God? Is it wise or unwise? Meaning is it 
practical? Is it um, something that really seems like it's the right decision? You know, is it or is it going to cause a lot of maybe financial strain? Is it going to put you in a geographical location where you're going to have zero community or no resources that you need to do it well? You know, whatever that may be. Um, and then do you want it or do you not want it? And he often says that this is the hardest one for people to make because we kind of want people like I said about the culture of indecision, we kind of want people to make the decision for us. Um, I think pretty sure every husband and wife who ever decide when where they want to go out to eat can experience this. Like, will you just make a decision, you know? Oh my gosh, literally every day of my life. <laughs> I know. So we have to kind of just step back and say, do I want this or do I not want this? So is it open? Is it is it closed? Is it good or is it bad? Is it wise or is it unwise? Or is it, do I want it and do I or do I not want it? And if the primary primary answers to those are yes, then that's probably something that God is calling you to. Um, and also asking yourself what brings you peace. Um, you know, Pope John Paul II, um, St. Pope John Paul II said, uh, It is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. He is waiting for you when nothing else you find satisfies you. And so in those moments when we're really pursuing Jesus and we assess, like, is this the right decision? I often feel like there's this overwhelming sense of peace about mm-hmm. the situation. Um, and so that's how maybe we can assess when we look, when we prioritize and we look and see what's available and then we pick like a certain decision, that's how maybe we can assess which one is the right one. Right. And I don't, I don't think God's going to put a massive wall in front of you that he says, okay, now knock this down. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> it's not like, no, he's going to allow you to go through doors. He's going to open things up for yeah. you. He's not going to put a massive wall and say, okay, I'm giving you zero tools. I am testing. Break it down. <laughs> and no, no, no. He doesn't do that. He doesn't yeah. make things difficult and hard for us. He wants to make our life at peace and easy and um, an easy path to him. Yeah. And I think like retrospectively, if you like, if you're pursuing a relationship with God right now and you look back a couple years at where you were and where you are now and just think about what are all the stepping stones that led you from that place to where you are now and like how possible did that seem then mm-hmm. and just realizing like wow the hand of God really was on this like I never anticipated I would be where I am today you know I thought I was going to pursue like a master's in in music and go and score music for TVs and movies and TVs for television shows and movies. <laughs> and that was going to be my life. And, and now like I'm still a youth minister, but I'm in a new place and I'm, I'm just, I'm so at peace and I just feel the Lord's hand on it so completely. Um, and you know, looking back, I never would have anticipated that I would still be doing this, but I'm so much happier. I know than I would have been had I stayed in that, in that field. So that's how maybe we can assess. And then N is now. Um, you know, make a decision now. Like you can only wait around so much, you know, God is a gentleman and he's not going to force you. He's not going to make the decision for you. He's going to give you the tools that you need. He's going to show you the path, you know, he's going to help you discern, but ultimately your free will is your perfect gift from God. Like that's the primary gift that he has given each one of us, you know, besides himself, um, is to exercise our free will to respond to that gift of himself. And so, Are you going to act on it? Like, you can't sit around waiting for God to drop it in your lap. That's not going to happen. Like we said before, like, God's plan for your life, it's not this line-by-line description. It's simply for you to be your best self, for you to be close to him, for you to have a relationship with him. Otherwise, we'd be, like, pre-programmed robots. Um, Just like, I love Jesus. I make all the decisions he wants me to. Like, that's that's a dictatorship. Like, that's not a real relationship. So it's up to you to exercise your free will, to make a decision, to decide, like... 
okay, my priorities are in proper order. I have a good relationship with God. I've looked around. I've seen what's available. I know what my gifts and my talents and my charisms are. Um, and this decision right here, it seems like a good one. You know, it's open. It's good. It's wise. I want it. But you have to act. You know, you can't just be like, okay, cool. Like, I'll wait for them to call me. Or I'll, I'll just see what happens. And like, No, you have to do something. Like, God wants you to pursue it. Um, and so, like, exercise that beautiful gift of free will that he's given you. Yeah, God's not going to, like, pick up your limbs and make you move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not going to Yeah, do you're that. not a marionette. It's not, that's not going to happen. That'd you be have really to do that. scary. That would be terrifying. God is like this puppet. Mom's a moving. Hello, everybody. You can't, I wish you could see the move I just made. I did a marionette impression that I think hurt my shoulder. <laughs> it's really attractive. <laughs> um, but God's not going to do that to you, and he's not... He's not going to force you to move. And I see that so often in so many of my teens, but also just in so many of my peers that I have so many people that are like, I just don't, I don't know. I I have so many options and I'm just going to sit here instead. I was like, no, 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 no. Make a decision. Yeah. Move on that one. And God will redirect you. Like he'll, he'll show you like, okay, maybe not this. And that happened with me in college. (laughs) There were so many, gosh, I changed my majors five different times. I didn't know what to do. I just, I was so confused and I was so lost and, um, I just didn't know where God wanted me to be. And so I chose something and I would move. And it would be like, okay, really? You know, equine veterinary medicine, maybe not. Maybe not this one right now. I can still love horses, but just maybe not like this. Um, and then I went to nutrition. And I was like, I'm going to be a nutritionist and be super fit. And just really bad decisions. <laughs> and reasons why I wanted to be a nutritionist. Um, and then God was like, yeah, no. And so I just kept moving. And taking steps. And then finally theology came back. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that is so common in college students and so common um, in just our society that we need to take a step first. Mm -hmm. And then God will show us like, okay, maybe not there. Here's another open door. Go there. And he'll just continue to guide us. But we have to move first. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I totally came from that same, you know, experience like undecided, English, culinary, uh, comparative theology, astrophysics, yeah. music, and then now, you know, I graduated with music degrees and now I'm back studying theology again. So it's just like, there's so many different choices that we can make. And it's not like those choices were bad. No. Like I carry a piece of everything that I learned from all those different disciplines with me now in my current, you know, vocation as a youth minister. So I think it's important to realize, like, if you make quote unquote, the wrong decision. Like if you don't end up at the perfect end goal of your life right now, it's probably because you need something from that place in your life once you make that decision to carry with you to that next place. That you're never at a point where the decision you've made is like, all right, that's it. I guess my life's down the toilet and there's no restart button. So this is just going to suck. Like that's, you're always, there's always a possibility for redemption, both spiritually, but also just in discernment and the choices that we make. Yeah. Our room, at least our room, our life is like how I see it, a room with a bunch of doors. And some doors are open, some doors are closed. Um, Some doors you're meant to look through, some doors you're meant to take a step through, kind of see what the air looks like and come back. And some doors you're never meant to open. Uh, And some doors you're meant to run through, you know, but you can spend your entire life staring and yelling at that door that just closed in your face. Mm. Or you can turn around and look at all the other open doors that are there. Um, and all the different gifts God is trying to give you, you just, you may not realize it at this moment because you're so obsessed about this decision that you can't change, Mm -hmm. that this path that didn't work out. Um, At the end of your life, like, what are you going to wish that you had done? What decision are you going to wish you had made? Um, So discernment, plan, have a plan. 
prioritize, look, assess, and act now. And we feel it's a saint that is really, really good at, as a model for discernment. Um, someone that we probably should have done episode one. but um, And that's our, our Blessed Mother, Mom! the Virgin Mary. So Jenna, why don't you tell us about her? I love her. She's so good. Um, so Mother Mary is just, she's just so beautiful and she's just so good. And if you don't have a devotion to her, start today because she's just so good. Um Mary is both just a, a wonderful model of discernment, and she's also a powerful intercessor for us um, in our discernment process, because um, through her we can receive the, the Holy Spirit, the light of the Holy Spirit, um, in order to see or contemplate what Christ's um, presence is in our life. And so she's just so good at that, and because of her, yes, um, we have a beautiful example of how we should respond to um God's calling to our lives. And mm-hmm. so on, um, it's called On the Holy Rosary by Pope St. John Paul. He says, Now one has ever devoted himself to the contemplation of the face of Christ as faithfully as Mary. The eyes of her heart already turned to him at the Annunciation when she conceived him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mary lived with her eyes fixed on Christ treasuring his every word. And I think that's so beautiful because that is how we need to be living our life. Like our priority needs to be him. Um, but also our eyes need to be fixed on him because when we're fixed on him and our eyes are focused, um, we will see what he has for us and what the plan he has for us and why it's there maybe for us. Because if you're constantly looking at every other direction, there's going to be a thousand other voices and a thousand other things that are just going to confuse us. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was my college experience. That was every, I was fixed on everything else. But the minute I thought, okay, maybe I should actually ask God, like, what am I supposed (laughs) to be doing? And I focused just for a moment, it became very clear. And he was like, here, look. Yeah. This is what I want you to do. It's the difference between God being your first choice and your last resort. Mm-hmm. You know, do I go to him when everything's like falling apart or do I go to him first? Yes. Yes. And so Mary was constantly doing that. Um, and we see that just through the couple sentences, couple of things that she said um, in the Bible. She says, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. So an angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a baby and it's going to be God. And she says, well, she first questions it a little bit. She says, but I, but I haven't been with a man, so I don't know how this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a question that was aggressive. It wasn't a question like, no, this is, can't happen to me. It was yeah. a question of how is this going to happen? And I think that's very beautiful because we can also ask God those things like, okay, Lord, you're calling me to this, but how? Like, how do you want me to do this? And how am I supposed to be called to this? What is the steps I'm supposed to take? And he will respond sometimes. Sometimes he won't. And he'll yeah. just be like, figure it out and do it yourself. <laughs> um, but sometimes he'll respond and he'll say, you know, something that will speak uh, movement into our heart and joy into our heart. Yeah. Um, it strikes me as like the difference between Zechariah and Mary. Mm-hmm. Like in Zechariah's story, like when the angel comes to him to tell him about John the Baptist, he's like, my wife's barren. Yes. Like, and there's this... He questions, but in a desire to control. Yes. Whereas Mary questions in a desire to understand. Mm-hmm. And so Zechariah becomes mute because of his lack of faith. Whereas Mary becomes honored and revered because of her fullness of faith. Yes. Um, and that's, you know, that's seeking to understand is what she's a great model of. Yes. And that's not something that we should um, shy away from. That's not something that we should run away from. We should be asking God these things. Like we should um, question him in a proper way, obviously. Mm-hmm. But 
how else are we going to know our father better better and then how else are we going to know his plan for us better yeah um so questioning and asking is always always a good thing um but also i just love that little first sentence i am the handmaid of the lord our purpose is to be a handmaid of god mm-hmm. is to be um or to a hand master hand master if you're male yes let's or make whatever a little the manly male of maid is whatever <laughs> hand handmaids butler. the hand butler of the lord <laughs> Um, but we're all, we're all called to be, um, used by God to glorify him. And Mary's first response is that, okay, God, just use me in whatever way you need to glorify you. Um, so in your discerning process, just know that God is going to call you to something that glorifies him. Um, if you feel like it's something that is not going to glorify you, good. (laughs) Yes. It's a good thing. You need to, um, you need to know that it's not for your glory, but his glory. And so if you feel like God is calling you something that is very simple and humble, good. Like let him use you in that because we have such, um, beautiful vocations and good things, little V's, um, and big V's. And you're not going to find your calling to be something that doesn't bring you joy. But if you judge it immediately, then it's not going to bring you joy because you're automatically going and listening to Satan's side and saying, oh, this isn't good enough. Yeah, making this snap decision like, man, no, I don't want to do that. Do you know any details about this whatsoever? Like, have you asked anyone? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and going back to my college experience, because it's such an easy thing to fall upon, um, I love my parents. They're beautiful. Parents, if you're listening, you're beautiful. This has nothing... You are good. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but I just remember um, deciding on theology and deciding that I wanted to do youth ministry and immediately fear set in for mm-hmm. a lot of us. Um, fear, am I going to make enough money? Is this actually going to be something that is useful? A lot of things like that. And so um, don't let the fear set in first in yeah. your discernment process. Yeah. Be like Mary. Be strong. Be courageous. Jump in. Head first. Go. Um, so that's the first part of Mary. The second part is oh wait no just kidding that was the second part (laughs) you guys my brain isn't working i'm sorry um no mary is just so good if you are not using her to discern start now because Mm -hmm. she all she wants to do is help you focus on her son um that is her vocation that is what she was set to do and why she is here for us she is your mother and she will do no wrong um for you and if you are like me, when I first learned about Mary, I was like, uh, I don't know, this lady, she's like really pretty and they do really great statues of her and she's got a really nice stash and blue thing. Um, and she's standing on a snake, that's pretty cool. But if you were like me, there was a lot of fear um, jumping into um, asking Mary for her intercession. And then the minute I started, um, I just felt like such a little girl again and Mm -hmm. just like god was calling me to his heart and to sit on his lap whereas before i was too stubborn um too filled with just like my own greed and my own desires but the minute i turned my heart to mary and gave it to her so that she could give it to her son my whole faith changed so if you um are discerning anything ask mary to intercede for you and to be with you and to walk with you um, because she will truly bring you to her son and bring you to um, your path that you are supposed to be walking. Amen. I mean, she's a spouse of the Holy Spirit, so our gifts come from the Holy Spirit. Yes. And just like you know, you would know Jen and I better if you met our spouses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing with Mary and the Holy Spirit. Like if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, 
but you're feeling like, oh, I need some guidance here, maybe talk to the Holy Spirit spouse, Mary, ask her for her intercession, and she will guide you to the ways and the places that those gifts can be realized to glorify her son. Yeah. Um, you I, know. I don't remember who said it, but somebody made said a quote, it was a saint, that said, if you lost your love for Mary, then you're, you're going to lose your love for Christ. Mm. Um, and I think that's so true that we have to remember that Mary came, or Christ came through Mary. Yeah. And if we are not honoring his mother, then how do we expect to honor him truly and completely and wholly? Yeah. So we need to be diving in and knowing our mother um, so that we can fully know our Lord. Yep. Amen. Amen. Well, Mama Mary, pray for us. St. Charles Borromeo, pray for us. Um, thank you so much for listening. Share this episode with someone that you think could benefit from it. And please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Um, like, follow, and share us on social media. Um, our handles are at Mana Food for Thought on Instagram, uh, Mana Food for Thought on Facebook, and at Mana F4T, the number four, on Twitter. Um, please support us on Patreon if you can. Even if you can just give a dollar a month, you get exclusive content, which is really fun to make it's really fun you guys (laughs) so uh please go to our website manafoodforthought.com there's a button there for patreon and then you can also look on our website for all of our blogs and our vlogs and we'd love to be able to uh, allow those to help you in your own faith life as well uh so until next time uh please pray for us and let us know how we can pray for you send us any feedback that you have as we seek to follow the lord's will um in this podcast and um until next time we'll see you in the eucharist Bye. bye